Panic Chamber Live, baby. It's Panic Chamber time. We're going over all these players and more. Who's in the Panic Chamber? Who's out of the Panic Chamber? The Fantasy Football Show. Live Panic Chamber edition begins right now. From the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show. Let me get the right screen up. Panic Chamber Edition. We're going to be going over all the players I just showed you and more. We're going to open up the phone lines in just a little bit, so hang tight on that. But we're going to dig right into the 2023 most controversial players, the guys on your mind that might be in the Panic Chamber. Let's go. You are entering the Panic Chamber, brought to you by Grindhouse. Vintage movie tees and hoodies. You are entering the panic chamber. Yeah, brought to you by Grindhouse, our boys over at Grindhouse. Grindhouse is an amazing company. Uh, I'm going to hit this real quick so you guys can see it. Grindhouse, this, uh, these, these are vintage movie tees and hoodies straight from the attic. Uh, we give away hoodies all the time on the channel. We just sent out about seven or eight to the winners from the, the Super Bowl live stream. So thanks to Grindhouse, our, our Panic Chamber sponsors the whole entire season. They're back for 2023, so let's go. Now Now let's get, into, uh, let's get into the potential players that we need to talk about for 2023. This is our first Panic Chamber episode for the season. I'm so excited to talk about every single name on this list. And if somebody drops a super chat, of a player, I will throw that player in the panic chamber and, and close the door, not close the door. So kind of a nice little bonus advantage of dropping a super during during the live stream. So if anybody has one uh, player that they want to toss in and and, and 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 work out and see if they potentially are panic chamber uh, player, go ahead and drop that uh, in, in the super chat and I'll, I will toss it into the panic chamber episode here. So let's dig right into number one. Let's start off with... Uh, Let's start off with JT. Let's start off with JT. I think JT is probably a good player to, to discuss. We'll put him in the panic chamber. And as always, we won't necessarily close the door on him yet. But we're going to talk about him. Then decide, do we close the door or take him out and put him in the safe zone? JT's a, a, a very controversial, I think, player to draft in 2023 because his ADP is right in the middle of where we like him or we don't like him. I, I think there's going to be half the people in the fantasy football space that are going to be like, this guy's going to bounce back. Uh, they're going to draft a quarterback. It's going to be better than last year. Even a rookie. Let's say, let's say Stroud's, or, or uh, let's say uh, the Colts trade up and, and, and grab even Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. Things could be looking up. The problem is this, this, this number four overall pick. I don't know that the Colts are landing anybody but Levis here. So they do have to trade up because I think the Cardinals will trade to a quarterback needy team and we'll see three straight quarterbacks go. The Colts are a wild card for Lamar. Not not a, a very likely candidate, but a wild card. Because, I mean, if, if I'm the Colts, I'm not so excited about Levis at four. And I, I would be tempted to go, I mean, honestly, to be completely honest with you, if I was the Indianapolis Colts brass, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. I would, I would, I would go get Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't even know if I would do it in this draft because I wouldn't want to give up this number four overall pick. 
I'm not I'm not sure how it would it would pencil out, but it would be potentially a move later. And this is a, a tough spot to be in because like what quarterback do you, you almost have to go rookie quarterback? You almost have to draft a rookie quarterback. There's no other option for you. You're not going Wentz again. You don't know. There's nothing to do here at, at this four spot, but potentially, uh, I guess you roll with with Minshew, which isn't bad. But but you you literally maybe roll the dice that Lamar doesn't get signed to an offer sheet. Okay, the NFL draft passes. And then you you slap down your offer sheet after the NFL draft because it looks like it potentially might not play out for Lamar the way he wanted because the the suitors are very minimal. So if the Colts wait until after the NFL draft, they draft. Let's just say they go bold. They trade down a little bit, or they just take them here. Whatever. Jackson Smith and Jigba. You draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then once the draft's over, you sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet, surrendering surrendering your 24 and 25 first rounders, not your number four overall. That's what I do if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. And, and I roll the dice with Minshew. I roll the dice with Minshew in, in that if I get stuck, I get stuck. But going Levis here doesn't make sense to me. It's too high. I don't trust Levis. If the Cardinals don't trade out and they go defense or they do something that that allows Bryce Young to fall, then you change directions and you go Bryce Young. That's what I do if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. So going back to the the, the panic chamber and, and and looking at JT, the problem with this situation though is that JT is is very very much um, in a position where. We're, we're trying to project logic here, and I don't know that the Colts are going to head in that direction. If the Colts go with Levis, this could be what I believe to be another disappointing year for JT to a degree. I think he still plays well. It's all about staying healthy. Even with a bad team, bad offense, he had 160-plus what rushing yards in Week 1. Uh, if he wasn't struggling with injury, he he had potential, right? There were some uh, electric moments where he kind of bounced back, and then he got hurt again. He battled injury all year. So I like JT as a second-drafted player. If he falls into the second round, top of round two, I'm kind of in. I think maybe in one or two leagues, I would not put all my eggs in one basket with JT. But if he costs you a first-round pick, there are safer options. I'd rather go wide receiver. I'd rather go Tyreek Hill. I'd rather, much rather, go Bijan Robinson. JT's got tons of value, tons and tons of value, but he's also very, very, very risky. And so for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say he, I'm panicked on him. I'm going to say I'm panicked on him. And, and I don't I don't think that changes. Unless they the Colts do what I did, which what I described, and I don't think they're gonna. Where they they go after Lamar, everything falls into place. They get Lamar after the draft. They use the the number four overall either on Jackson Smith and Jigba, or they trade down and get Jackson Smith and Jigba, or they trade and they get Quentin Johnston, or they get Addison, or they get Flowers, and then they and then they sign Lamar to an offer sheet for the 2024 and 2025 first round picks. But tough to say, um, tough to say. Uh, JT, appreciate appreciate your participation as our first Panic Chamber player of 2023. For JT, I really do. Let's go with our next player. Let me see what you guys are saying in the chat right now. Uh, by the way, first in the buildings, True Penguin Frake. Appreciate you. We got a super chat. This one's from Harry Crumbs. Harry drops a $10 hauler. First and foremost, Harry Crumbs. This is a... This is a... Uh, 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 
uh, moonshot. To the moon. Whenever you drop a, a $10 hauler on the show, you get a moonshot. Javante Williams. Good news. We, we're going to make him next because you dropped a super chat. We've got Javante Williams, my guy, right here, ready for you. Let's talk about Javante. Uh, appreciate your danger being in here. Reich uh, made it a mission number one to jump the Colts this year. Says peanut butter and jelly time. Matt Slayer says, would it be great if we could keep four and still get Lamar? <sighs> I don't... I. I it's possible to do that, like I said, if you wait until after the draft. And I don't know that an offer sheet's going to be sitting in front of Lamar before before the draft. Uh, the way that the landscape looks is possible. Washington, um, I still think they're... I think the Niners and the Dolphins and the Colts are all later players than Lamar Jackson if he's still around after the 2023 NFL draft. At which point the Miami Dolphins and the Niners could participate in a, in, in acquiring him through an offer sheet situation. Uh, the Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins cannot right now because they don't have first rounders in, in 2023. You need first rounders in each of the two immediate drafts to participate in, in laying down offer sheets for a player. So the Colts, the Niners, and the, and the Dolphins are all potential players. And when I say the Dolphins, I mean, what if Tua gets injured? You know, between now and in in July, you know that that's that's when there's a potential there. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about this guy, Javante Williams. Okay, Javante is definitely in the panic chamber. I'm going to hit the button. I'm just going to tell you in advance because we don't know what his status is, and his ADP is climbing because of the news that he should be ready for Week One. Unfortunately, that news triggered a rise in ADP to the tune of maybe one or one and a half rounds. Uh, we've noticed it on underdog. He's been climbing. He used to be like a, an eight or nine round guy on underdog because no one knew what was going on. The new recent news that suggests he could be ready for week one has hiked his value into the seven round range. I've seen him go in six at times. I've seen him go consistently in round seven. And while that's not awful value, while I do think it's definitely something that uh, that, that I could I, I could see myself. Uh, you know, getting behind in one draft or something. When you take a look around at the seventh round, you know, especially the top of the seventh round, you see a whole bunch of good players still. You see a whole bunch of guys that that feel sometimes Pacheco sitting there. And I'm not saying that Pacheco's necessarily 100% going to be better than Javante when Javante's back and he's you know 100%, uh, or he's aiming toward you know getting there and he's he's showing that he could be potentially 100% by the end of the season or maybe in week 10 or 11 you start seeing the old Javante. Uh, I I still feel like there are tons of of players that are floating around even Kyle Pitts floating around that seventh round range that are just a tad bit safer. So depending on his ADP, Javante is either a smash like in round eight nine or he's kind of panic change chamber material at early seven and definitely in the sixth round. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Javante Williams, you're in the panic chamber, pal. But I absolutely love you, pal. And we're rooting for you. Panic chamber does not mean you don't invest. Panic chamber doesn't mean that we're out. Panic chamber just means that there's concern enough to say we need to be ultra careful and there's reasons to continue to be on high alert. Javante, you're in the panic chamber. So far, we have JT. Javante, both in the panic chamber. Thank you, Harry Crumbs, for the $10 hauler. Any super chat is going to make me talk about that player immediately, or if you're presenting a new player, I will talk about him. Drop a super chat. I appreciate you all. 
Uh, let me let me just make sure I got it, all the super chats out of the way. Okay, I do I do see I do see I, I took care of everything so far. Okay, so I'll keep an eye out for super chats. Let me know. Hit that thumb up button on your way in the door. We've got about a hundred people in the building. Twenty eight thumbs up. Let's make that number bigger. Austin Eckler, very 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 curious case of Austin Eckler. We've got so many things to worry about here. JT round three acceptable? Yeah, bro. As I mentioned when I talked about JT as the first uh, Panic Chamber player, uh, he's going around top around two. I'm kind of comfortable with that in one league, not putting all my eggs in one basket. But JT round three, sure. Yeah, hit that thumb up button. Thank you, pal. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I learned today that I'm the longest current tenured Patriot. This is Matt Slater. I don't know what that means, Matt, but congratulations. Okay. Eckler, there's so many parts about this that that are that are tough to digest. Number one, Eckler has requested to speak to other teams in regards to a trade. Eckler is trying to get his way out of a, a Chargers uniform as we speak. He's negotiating. He's he's talking to teams. He's saying, "Hey, bring me in Cincinnati. Hey, bring me in maybe Chicago. Hey, bring me in Buffalo." We don't even know. It's kind of quiet on the on the Austin Eckler front in terms of who he's talking to. This guy requested a trade, and because of Aaron Rodgers' news, which I you know I love talking about, I know a lot of people get sick of it, but we haven't heard a whisper about Eckler. We haven't heard a single thing. Does anybody realize that Eckler said, "Can I go? Can I go talk trade?" He slipped out the back door, and nobody followed him. No, nobody followed him. No reporters or 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 beat writers are on the task right now. Eckler's just walking around with a hat on, walking into different organizations. No one's even paying attention. We have no reports on Eckler and what he's doing. He's either doing it very stealth-like, or people are just so preoccupied with this Aaron Rodgers situation, no one's talking about it. Who's he talking to? Are there leaked reports of where he's visited? Who he's got on the phone with? Have they all been Zoom interviews? Has he even gone anywhere in person? I don't know, but I have to tell you that Eckler's probably either going to Cincinnati, Buffalo, Chicago, Philly, or staying put in L.A. And I think there's a real strong chance, I'd say 60% chance he stays in L.A. And the Chargers are just placating him and saying, hey, go go test your market. Let's go ahead. Let's let this 28-year-old running back go test the market. He's not going to find anybody who's all that interested. Which is shocking to me, which is ridiculous. It's it's incompetent that teams aren't willing to give up a freaking second-round pick for a guy that, yeah, I, I am worried about from a fantasy perspective, but this is Austin Eckler, and if you're an NFL team, you'd be, you'd be lucky and grateful to have this guy, even if you limited him enough to keep him healthy, in your lineup. The, 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 uh, the Bengals would be so leveled up on the KC Chiefs. They just got Orlando Brown, the Cincinnati Bengals, to protect Joe Burrow. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. The Cincinnati Bengals might be looking at this guy, Austin Eckler. And if they get Austin Eckler, it's to the moon for everybody involved. And this coming from somebody that's very, very worried about Eckler from a fantasy football perspective. And that doesn't necessarily change. If he goes to Cincy, I really, really like him. But how many games does he play? How many games does he stay healthy? Do they keep him fresh? Does he get traded? Uh, and, and then and then they then he starts getting workhorse volume. Do they use him more like like he was used in a Charger uniform prior to moving over to the workhorse back once Melvin Gordon exited? I I fear that his workload's too heavy. He's gonna eventually get hurt. He's 28 years old. 28's the new 31. Uh, new 31. 
30 actually yes yeah, the new 31 27 is the new 30 and and Derrick Henry we're going to talk about in a minute's 29 that's the new 32 so it, it's 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 a catch 22 it's it's a tough it's a double edged sword it's a it's a tough topic to discuss when I'm talking about it from an NFL GM perspective or a team perspective a club perspective it's absolute incompetence to not go get him for a second-round pick because if he plays even 10 games but he's ready for the playoffs uh, or you 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 curb him a little bit, you you ease him into your offense and he's fresh in a weird way and he lasts like like in, in, in weeks 10, 11, 12, you put him full go. I'm not saying he's going to take 10 weeks to get used to the offense. I'm not saying they wouldn't throw him to the Wolves. He has a whole offseason to prepare. But if you're like safe, like the Buffalo Bills acquired Derrick Henry or Eckler, that's such a unique situation because we know they don't just give one running back 22 carries. Like Henry or Eckler, who I believe are very risky for declines this year at 28 and 29 years of age, are much more likely to stay healthy in Buffalo than anywhere because of the way they use the running backs, the way they throw the football, the way they don't ground and pound, and they'll ask a lot less of Eckler. He'll be more efficient and stay healthy. They'll ask a lot less of Derrick Henry. He may stay more healthy. So Eckler going for a second-round pick, it's incompetent not to offer it from a club perspective, especially if you're the Eagles, you're the Bears, you're the uh, Bengals or the Bills, those are four teams that should be jumping all in. As for Eckler, he's in the panic chamber no matter what. He's 28 years old. And Derrick Henry did do it at 28 years old. He did have one more elite season. We'll talk about him next just to keep parallel, uh, the, the, or keep the topics back-to-back and on, on track with what we're, we're talking about. But er- Eckler at 28, I'm not banking on him playing 17 games. I'm not saying he won't be an amazing move for a club if they make the make the the move and they get him for the playoffs. Uh, you know, hard to know when he get banged up if he get banged up at all. I think if he ran like a workhorse from week one on wherever he lands, he would probably get banged up at some point. But maybe he returns for the playoffs. All things that you would consider as a GM to be to be an attractive uh, uh, risk to take it for a second round pick and fantasy. It's too risky to take him in round one. It's too risky to take Eckler over Bijan Robinson. It's too risky to take Eckler over really even any of the top five or six wide receivers. And and if he's in round two, I'm I'm pretty willing to dive in and then trade him after like one month because mark my mark my words, he'll do well in week one. If he let's say he's in LA, he, he doesn't go anywhere. He's unhappy, he's disgruntled, but he plays week one. He's gonna do well. He's gonna do well in week one. I'm not shocked if he has a good first month. No one is going to be able to come in here and say, Smitty, Eckler at 100 yards and two touchdowns in week one. You second-guessing what you're, th- what you're thinking? No, I'm not, because I expect him to have a good week one. There's a line in the sand where I draft Eckler. I don't worry about Eckler. I, I'll draft him as a, a second-drafted player. I draft him at the 12-13 turn. I don't think he'll fall there. Sometimes he does in our, our best ball draft. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he does in a mock draft. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he goes number five overall. Sometimes he goes 11 overall. I would take him. And, and and start him for a month and then trade him. That would be my my objective. But in general, I'm looking for better players. Absolutely panicked. Likely to miss games. 28 years old. Small statured running back. Lots of, of workload mileage. And he, he, he was not built to be a workhorse back. And he's playing a workhorse back. He's 28 years old. Uh, Austin Eckler, I'm panicked on you, pal. 
Uh, Matt with a super chat. Matt says, what's up, Smitty? Does uh, Robinson now on New England put Stevenson in the chamber? What's the re- uh, reasonable round to draft him? So this is a good a good question. Let me put this right here. And because you super chatted my guy, I'm putting Ramondre Stevenson. Don't, don't tell anybody, but he's not going to be in the panic chamber. Uh, we're going to put Ramondre Stevenson briefly in the panic chamber and see if we're going to close the door or not close the door on said young man. Stevenson, you're not in the panic chamber. You're safe, pal. Why are you safe? Because you're an absolute monster and James Robinson's no threat at all. If anything, the James Robinson signing solidifies that they're probably not going after a bigger name like Cream Hunt, who I would have been like, you Ste- Stevenson and Cream Hunt, I mean, what an, an amazing... What an amazing dynamic duo. I stepped on my bullhorn. I hate when I step on my own bullhorn. Uh, Stevenson and, and, and Kareem Hunt, what an amazing dynamic duel. What an amazing dynamic duel. If Hunt would have fallen in, into New, New England's situation there, it would have been panic time potentially for Stevenson. But guess what? They signed James Robinson. I'm not worried about James Robinson. This is fantastic news for Stevenson. He's not in the panic chamber. It's a great question, Matt. And and a, a reasonable place to draft him is round three or four. I mean, the later you get him, the better. So, fantastic question. Um, Stevenson to the moon. I absolutely love him. Uh, let's see here. We got another question here. Uh, this one's from... Uh, this one. Should I trade away Pittman for DJ Moore? I would take DJ Moore uh, in a heartbeat right now. That could change if Lamar, like I said, ended up in, in Indianapolis somehow. But no, DJ Moore's situation improved dramatically. So, I, I love, I love, I love uh, DJ Moore right now over Pittman. Henry, Henry, little Derrick Henry, <laughs> little bitty Derrick Henry. Are we worried? Yes, we're worried. I was worried last year and he proved me wrong. I admit it. I take a lap, take a lap. Take a lap. Doesn't mean that the logic wasn't sound though. It doesn't mean that the logic wasn't sound. Derrick Henry was a huge concern. And as I always said the entire time, I said this every time I talked about Derrick Henry, every single time I talked about him being a potential bust, is there a percentage chance, or at least almost every time, that he could deliver? Yes. I I, I talk about it as a a roulette wheel, okay? And on the roulette wheel, there's all these different yes or no's, right? And if you're a younger player, you probably have like 70% of the wheel saying, you know, fire season, fire season. And then maybe 25 or 30% or 15% says bus season on the roulette wheel. And then the majority of them are like, you know, mediocre in between season. And so you spin that roulette wheel and every season, the running back who's got a lot of high risk for injury, every running back is a risk for major injury. You have this roulette wheel and every single year, the roulette wheel has more and more bus spots that get added to it as the player gets older. And Derrick Henry's roulette wheel of success last year was loaded with bust because he was entering his 28 age season. I don't care if he's built different. Sometimes that's a bad thing because he's hitting the ground harder and harder at his bigger frame. Derrick Henry, in my estimation last year, had about a 20% chance of delivering one more elite season. And while that's a pretty decent percent when you really like think about it, like that's not like I'm saying zero, it's not good. It wasn't good enough for me entering week one. He had a good year. He had a really good year. 
I was wrong. The 20% chance slipped through. But if I had to predict this year, it's like 10. It's 5 or 10%. Is there a chance that Derrick Henry has a one more elite year? Sure. But I, I just don't see how. I don't see how he can stay upright getting the volume that he's going to get in Tennessee if he doesn't get traded behind an awful, really a, a, a falling apart offensive line and an awful offense led by led by who? Throwing to who? who, who what's going to be happening in Tennessee? Will they go get Lamar and keep Derrick Henry? Then we reassess a little bit, but this is a disaster waiting to happen if he stays in Tennessee. If he goes to Buffalo, if Henry gets traded to Buffalo for a second round pick, which is, there's a decent chance for it, Henry probably gets spared a little more, has a better chance of staying healthy, still is a very big risk for me in round one, but like Eckler in round two, I might swing back into the, I'll draft him and trade a mid-season game. So is Henry a total avoid at all costs in every situation? No. But is he worth the first rounder in Tennessee? Absolutely not. So until his situation changes and he goes to Buffalo, which we have to reassess how likely is he to stay healthy in Buffalo, they won't run him as much. He'll be able to kind of stay fresher. It'll be a, a he'll get more receptions because they'll throw to the running back more. They didn't they didn't throw to Henry enough in Tennessee, and Henry proved he can catch. He just didn't catch for the majority of his career because they didn't they didn't throw to him. That's not how they wanted to use him. They wanted to run him into the ground which they've pretty much done, and so we'll see. But Henry and Tennessee, as it stands now, total avoid in the first round, and, and really total avoid in the second round for me. In the third round in Tennessee, I might get back into the mix again to, to draft him, to just trade him, but I'd rather just take the guy I want instead of working you know, all those, those moves. So in Tennessee, we'll address it later. If he goes to Buffalo in Tennessee, you are in the panic chamber, pal. Uh, next player up is Alvin Kamara. Come on. I mean, look, I draft this guy probably more than anybody in our best ball drafts. It's a tradition, but he's still a huge risk unless he falls to like round in our leagues when we're sniping each other. Sometimes I take him in like round nine. I'm taking, I'm taking him a little bit earlier than that, but in normal drafts with normal people that don't know everything that you guys know, you're absolute monsters in the, in the best ball drafts. Everybody we draft in best ball, it's like everyone's reaching. So Everybody you take in round 10s getting taken in round 9 and so forth. But in regular human being leagues that aren't full of monsters like you, Alvin Kamara is going in round 10 and round 11 on the regular. In best ball drafts, underdog promo code Smitty, you can get him in round 10, double digit rounds. And, and honestly, I'm in at that point. I'm in at that point. I'll take Alvin Kamara in the 10th or 11th round every single time. That doesn't mean he's not in the panic chamber, though. Panic chamber doesn't mean avoid. Panic chamber means there's some serious concern. You have to approach with caution. If you approach with caution, buying or investing or holding a panic chamber player, it doesn't necessarily mean you're making a bad move. He's 100% in the panic chamber. He's 100% to to be looking at league discipline. But do I trust the NFL to do the right thing? I do not. And so in round 10, I'll be in. Even for half a season, I'll be in. Panic Chamber, uh, Alvin Kamara. But one of those interesting buys. Dalvin Cook, look, we're, we're talking about all the old dog running backs. Look at the theme so far. We got Eckler, Henry, 
Uh, and, and now Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is potentially on the move. A second-round pick, maybe two third-round picks. Maybe he doesn't even cost a second-round pick. Chicago would be crazy not to put this injury-riddled running back with a mangled shoulder into this lineup in Chicago for one season and let him run his shoulder back into the ground because if it comes out of if his ball comes out of the socket and he rips the labrum, dude still plays on it. I'm not saying he's going to be ultra, ultra, ultra effective from this point forward, but in the right spot, I would be in. If he gets traded to Chicago, I'd be in, but at the right price. If he gets traded to Cincinnati, I'd be in. If he gets traded to Buffalo to play with his brother, can you imagine that? James Cook and Dalvin Cook, Dalvin taking his brother's job. I'd be in on that too, but depends on the value. But in general, he's still in the panic chamber. We're still closing the doors because he's an injury-prone player that's dropping off. But situation can change, and situation can make a player a little more relevant than they would have been. Eckler, Henry, Dalvin Cook, all panic chamber players, but all very, very intriguing players to draft at the right price if they get moved. We'll address it when the time comes. Dalvin Cook in the panic chamber. Next player to talk about will go Godwin and Evans. I mean, what, what more can you say than they don't have the proper quarterback set up to make these guys do what they've been doing over the course of the last couple of years and they're just going to take away from each other. I, I'll, I'll take Evans if he falls far enough. I'll take Godwin if he falls far enough. We're talking about like wide receiver three material. And and, and if that if that's the case, I'll take him. It doesn't change the fact that they're in the panic chamber. Next player, Justin Herbert. This could go a hundred different ways right now. Yes, we're going to close the door. We're going to close the door on him. Why? Eckler might be on the move. They might trade away Eckler. What they do at 21 overall will determine everything. Because this guy Herbert, if we go back to uh, to the NFL draft board, this guy Herbert, he may be, uh, he may be getting Jackson Smith and Jigba here. I doubt that he, he falls, but maybe they trade up for him. So this pick, maybe they, they use it for Quentin Johnston there or Flowers, Zay Flowers or Addison, or they trade up and they get they get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or maybe they try and take Bijan Robinson. Maybe Bijan falls to 21. They trade Eckler away. They draft Bijan Robinson. All these things are, are going to affect Herbert. But if the, if the team doesn't address wide receiver and they get rid of Eckler, I'm going to be so out on Herbert this year. doesn't mean I won't love him for the future or circle back around. But Herbert's ability to get out of the panic chamber or to be in a position where I even want to draft him is totally dependent on the NFL draft and what happens with Eckler in the coming uh, coming weeks. But panic chamber until further notice. Next player, Lamar Jackson. He's certainly in the panic chamber because he's a bus candidate in Baltimore. And as of this moment, he's not going to play anywhere else until we hear that he's not playing anywhere else. So, of course, we're closing the door in the panic chamber. But where he goes might pull him out. Um, the problem is we don't even have, if we look at the, 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 the teams that even can participate in trying to acquire him right now, which again, you must have a first rounder in 2023 and a first rounder in 2024 to even offer an offer sheet. And then after 
the the NFL draft, you can the teams like Miami Dolphins and Niners who don't have a first rounder, then they can offer an offer sheet if he's still around. Because then you will, technically speaking, have a first rounder in the two immediate drafts because the draft will be over. So we have the Niners, we have the Dolphins, and we have the Colts potentially, I think, in play if Lamar's still around after the NFL draft. And if the Colts end up just shocking everybody and they don't go, they don't go Levis. You know, they go defense or they go offensive line or they do something crazy. They trade down and get Jackson Smith and Jigba. If I was in control of this Colts team, I would trade this pick down just a little bit. Take Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then I would trade my 2024 and 2025 first rounders or, or let relinquish them for an, on an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. And I'd have Lamar Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, one of the best route runners coming, coming out of college or the best route runner coming out of college. That's how I would build this Colts team. But as it stands right now, we've got a, a, a small amount of teams that are in play for Lamar. Washington, we've got potentially... Uh, what, what do we say? New England. New England's a wild card. I would like New England. I think New England would be pretty interesting for Lamar. Tennessee. I hate Tennessee for Lamar. Even if they kept Henry, I hate Tennessee for Lamar. It's no different than Baltimore, especially if Baltimore can draft a wide receiver here. If they t- take Zay Flowers, I like Baltimore with Zay Flowers, uh, a bust situation for me. Year over year, M- Lamar and Baltimore is a bust because they don't support him. But I would circle back a little bit and reevaluate a little bit and like him more than Tennessee if he could get a wide receiver at this spot. But Tennessee's garbage. Washington is interesting. I like Washington. New England is interesting. And then it's really like a dead zone. It really is unless the Colts, the Niners, or the Dolphins after the NFL draft, if Lamar's still available, would be be good location. So until then, we have to put Lamar Jackson in the panic chamber and close the doors because we don't have any any way of knowing what's going to happen. And it, it all looks bleak until it doesn't. So Lamar is in panic chamber mode. Uh, Christian Watson. You guys know what I'm going to say here. You know what I'm going to say here. Is Christian Watson panic chamber material? A lot of people are saying that. People are throating, throwing, people are floating his name out there to say, Hey, Smitty. This is a panic chamber guy, right? Are we worried about Christian Watson? People have been begging me to throw Christian Watson in the panic chamber and discuss it and determine whether we're going to keep him in the panic chamber or pull him out. Because that's what I do. You you are panicked on him, I throw him in, and then I shoot down the idea that we're closing the door on this guy, or I tell you, yeah, let's close the door. We're not closing the door. Panic chamber material? No, he's not. Okay, we're going to take him out. It's disrespectful to even have him linger inside the panic chamber. This is an absolute monster in the making right here. He's been fast-tracked by Aaron Rodgers, and he's being handed over to Jordan Love, who I think is going to be competent enough to make Christian Watson, uh, continue to make Christian Watson develop. And so, yeah, Jordan Love will help Watson develop. But if, let's say Jordan Love was starting last year, I don't know that Christian Watson would have developed into the player we see before us right now. Honestly, if Jordan Love was starting last year and Aaron Rodgers walked away or whatever, Christian Watson, we wouldn't even be talking about him. We'd be like, oh, is he a Traylon Burks? Maybe. Like, Traylon Burks, we're all like, okay, I don't know what to expect. Traylon Burks could be good, I guess. That's how we would be talking about Christian Watson. Had had Aaron Rodgers not fast-tracked Christian Watson's career... Christian Watson walks into 2023 like a three-year veteran. A three- to four-year veteran. That's how much Aaron Rodgers brought him along and how quickly he brought him along. He's being handed now over 
to a guy named Jordan Love who's going to take care of him, feed him properly, and if this team, the Green Bay Packers, is down and throwing a lot, that's good for Christian Watson. Christian Watson is 100% one of my dark horse top 8 to 10 wide receivers. I try not to rank him in Alave too high because I want people to still get value. But if I had to predict anybody that's outside of my top 8, in my top 8 to 14, Alave, who's right on the borderline of top 10, quite honestly, he's my number. You know, down deep, if I'm on the clock, and and I'm going to do an update to my wide receiver video because I think Alave should have been number 9. I'll be honest with you. Looking back at the video, I should have taken Waddle out. I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that, that love Waddle. But I think Alave should have been number 9. And so there'll be an update on that at some point. But Alave and Christian Watson are my secret weapon top 8 to 10 wide receivers. These are guys that I I love drafting in the fourth round in best ball underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. You get on over to underdog, they'll match up to $100 in your first deposit, won't they? And I'll drop the link right now so they can insert the... It can insert the the promo code for you. That link right there. It's also in the description of every video. That link right there, I just dropped in the live chat. Click on it. Get ready because we do drafts every other night at midnight. And if you don't get get signed up ahead of time and get that bonus match, you probably will miss out on on the drafting. But Christian Watson goes like in round four. Christian Watson goes like in round four. I mean, you guys understand how much of a value that is? I feel like... He's an absolute monster in round four. This could, this could be a top eight to ten wide receiver. He is not a panic chamber guy. He's 100% safe. And I'm going to put him down here all nice and snug and tight. And we're going to take care of him. Don't even consider this guy a risk, especially at his cost of entry. Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. These two guys are not only in the panic chamber discussion. They're probably going to live in the panic chamber from this moment in time through the entire entirety of the 2023 season. There couldn't have been a worse unfolding for these two guys in Las Vegas. They were handed Jimmy Garoppolo. Imagine thinking Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Derek Carr. Then imagine on top of that, you trade away Darren Waller. The uh, uh, the Raiders fans were, the Raiders were just eliminated from the playoffs. The moment Jimmy G put pen to paper, memes everywhere exploded. Raiders eliminated from the playoffs already. Just all over the place. Meme City. Just meme city. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo injured himself signing his contract. We heard that meme all over all day today. They're they're warranted memes. They're warranted memes. Jimmy's not going to stay healthy, number one. Number two, he can't facilitate the football to all these weapons. Number three, he doesn't have the Niners offense to mask and hide his deficiencies anymore. He can't throw downfield. Adams is a burner and a stretch the field type of guy. Jimmy can't do that. And, and, and unless they deploy a wideback role for Adams, maybe they try it. There's no reason to believe this works out at all for Devontae Adams. Wouldn't be shocked if he had a barely a thousand yard season if he doesn't get hurt catching footballs from the hospital pass delivery uh, person that that, that that is Jimmy G. He throws hospital balls. He throws hospital. You know what that means? He throws balls up in the air where the defender is going to get put on the ground and, and need to go to the hospital because they try and catch this, this lofty delivery that hangs in the air because Jimmy G doesn't have the zip or the potential to throw a 20-yard ball. You know, low and, and and below the goalpost. It's literally this is Jimmy G's worst thing that he does is throwing a deep ball. 
and you got a guy in Adams that's a deep ball catcher. And you got a guy in Jacobs who is now going to be the focal point, point of a defense. Jimmy is the worst thing that could have happened to these two guys right here. And Jacobs is going to struggle to get his big contract after the season. Adams is going to probably... I, if I had to predict, one or both these guys are going to get banged up at some point late in the year and not return. It's going to be like Cooper Cup when Cooper Cup didn't return for good reason. The Rams were out of it. They couldn't win anyway. They weren't going to rush Cooper Cup back. I don't know that it'll be where the team doesn't rush these guys back. I think Adams or Jacobs are both at some point just... Adams requests a trade midseason, uh, if not before the season starts. I, I just feel like I feel like this is absolute uh, disaster um, to the to the tenth degree, and so for that reason, Adams is out of my top ten wide receivers. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him at some point around that range, even just to trade him. Uh, I'm not saying he can't have a thousand yards or 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns, which would be a disappointing year for Adams. But seven touchdowns and a thousand yards. I mean that's still a that's still a, a starting player for you. I'm not saying Adams is is total garbage. I'm saying cost of entry comparatively to where you're going to draft him if you're going to draft him at all. You're 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 throwing away. You're leaving a lot of value on the table drafting Adams instead of Olave. Draft Olave over Adams. Draft Chris Olave over Devonte Adams in 2023 and thank me later. Because Adams is not going to deliver what you think he's going to deliver. He's probably going to get hurt or he's going to be disgruntled or it's just going to be awful football all year long. Jacobs is not going to be worth your your cost of entry. Go after uh, a Jameer Gibbs over Jacobs. Go after a wide receiver and take a Jameer Gibbs later. Go after a wide receiver where you might take Jacobs and go get Charbonnet and, and pair him with another player. That, that you can grab as your running back instead of banking on Jacobs. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Absolutely, both of these guys are 100% in the panic chamber. And that is, uh, that's all she wrote for the panic chamber episode one. Let me get the right screen on. That was the panic chamber episode one for the 2023 season. We need to do that like once a week. Um, we probably won't make it as long because, you know, that was 41 minutes and we had a lot of players to cover. But we'll cover the Panic Chamber from like a two or three or four player perspective once a week going forward. And uh, and we're going to we're going to definitely uh, definitely be uh, doing that early and often. OK, so phone lines are open. Dial in. Call into the show. Call, call into the show. We're going to do the uh, voicemails right now. If you want to become a part of the voicemail leaving gang, go to my Instagram at the fantasy football show. Okay. And click on the subscribe button. If you do that for $4 and 99 cents, I'll put you in a private chat. DM me after you, you do it. After you subscribe, I'll put you in a private chat. Okay. And then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to play. You can drop a voicemail anytime you want, anytime you want. And your boy Smitty will play it. Um, here we go. Terry. I think you could pick him up in the seventh or eighth round of drafts and be a value. Oh, what do you? I didn't see the beginning. Hey, Smitty, what do you think of Rashard Penny? Uh, okay, Rashard, Rashad Penny. Um, I don't, I don't love Rashad Penny. I'm not banking on Rashad Penny. I'll play the rest of his question here. Hold on. Going to the Eagles, I think you could pick him up in the seventh. I, I, I think the seventh or eighth round is too high. Like, would I take him as a as a bench running back option? Sure. But do I feel like I'd much rather have other players in the 6th and 7th round? Yeah, a lot of other players. 
you know, Kyle Pitts sometimes goes in that sixth, seventh round territory. Um, uh, Pacheco goes in that range, surprisingly. Like those are much better players. Um, so that, that uh, I'm not, I'm not on the penny train. I think he's just going to get hurt. He always gets hurt. You know, even even last year, everyone's like, "Don't worry, he'll get hurt." He got hurt. Uh, Penny's Penny's in a walking injury. Hey, Smitty, what are we thinking of uh, Gasicki going to New England? I think he's going to be their number one over Austin Hooper. How about you? Yeah, I, I like I like Gasicki there, but you know, New England is just you know, I don't know. They they need they need to go after Lamar because you know Mac Jones is not it. I think Zappy starts games. I'm just not interested in any New England player but Ramondre. Even over, I don't like Juju. It's it's Ramondre or, or nobody at this point until they make a bold move at quarterback, and I don't know that they will. Bruce, hey Smitty, what do we make of this uh, Jonah Williams of the Bengals now requesting a trade? Um, what do you think of that? I I can barely hear him, Bruce. Uh, leave, leave that again. Hey, Smitty, I just left an article above. It says Kirk Cousins and Zadarius Smith of the Vikings to the Texans for the 2 and the 12. Do you think this is going to happen? Are you rejecting this, or uh, what's your opinion on this? You've just been Smitty disapproved. There's no way this Casario guy, no offense, Ron, put your earmuffs on for a second. There's no way Casario is going after Kirk Cousins. When they're doing a total rebuild and they're doing a proper rebuild. They're doing a very, very, very solid rebuild. They got the number two overall pick. You'll, they'll never be in this position, again, for a very long time to have their choice of the quarterback they want. They could like somebody next year better or something. I get that whole argument. But the Texans are doing it right. They got the 12 pick. They could take Jackson Smith and Jigba there or Quentin Johnson or Addison, and they could take Stroud, Bryce Young, or Anthony Richardson at number two overall. They're in prime position. I don't buy these rumors for a second. It's it's hogwash to me that they would consider trading for Kirk Cousins when they're in a position to build around a young rookie and their entire team is building around youth and starting over and starting fresh. They're not going backwards. That is, uh, that is not even close to... Uh, but I appreciate you, Brucey, and I, I don't mind you bringing it up because guess what? Bruce, you bring things up so we can either shoot them down or prove them. I'd give them cook for free if this really did happen. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's not happening. Um, okay, so let's see here. I think the voicemails are done in that group. Let me let me go into the next one. Um, those one, those are all... Uh, we're all Kev, did I do Kevin? Kevin? Uh, Kevin, your, your voice message won't play. Uh, Kevin... I'm going to tell Kevin he's got to relieve it. Let's see here. Kevin, re-ask. It won't play. All right. And I think uh, I think that does it for the voicemail. So let's open up the phone line. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Uh, I'd take Waddle over Alave personally, but could see other other side for sure. Kilpatrick, hope everything's going good. I don't know if you or saw the prayer messages, even at, at last night's uh, midnight show. If you go look at the end, we're still throwing prayer emojis whenever we, we leave the show. Hope the wife is doing better or you have any updates at all. Um, I would take Alave over Waddle. 
I think a push came to shove. I put Waddle in my 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 most recent wide receiver ranking video that I just dropped in a premiere. But I I was honest in the premiere, premiere saying, you know what? After looking at it, sometimes when you do something too, like people think, oh, your things don't change on the fly. They certainly do. Like I could do a ranking, a top fifteen wide receiver ranking today, and it might be different tomorrow. Um, but I also sometimes do things strategically to make sure we're not overhyping everybody and their mother. Um, but Alave, honestly, is my probably my 9 or 10 wide receiver. So when we talked about uh, these wide receivers, let me show you. I'm actually going to show you the ranking, and then we'll just go ahead and re-rank it right here on the screen. I'll say uh, as much as I like Waddle, I'm going to take Waddle out, and I'm going to put Alave in. So let me see if I can find my Alave graphic. Where is my Alave graphic? So we're going to put Alave 9. If I had to redo the video right this very second, I would do I would do this. Uh, Alave because I don't really care if it's if it's high and and he's going he's going high anyway. You know, people are as soon as that that car trade happened, it's just it's it's been uh or car signing happened. It's been nothing but Alave talk. Let me see if I can fix this one second. There we go. So Alave number nine. That's kind of how I feel. I took Waddle out. You put Waddle at ten with with AJ Brown as a tie. And Watson, I feel like Watson's very very close to this. You know, to this ten, eleven, twelve territory. So so Alave nine, and then AJ Brown and Waddle and Watson are all real real close for number ten overall. So th- this would be this would probably be my my gut instinct uh, uh, ranking right here. If I was to if I was to recrank out that video this very second, uh, what's up, Ron? Hey, what's up, Smitty? Oh, not much. Just uh, showing the wide receiver ranking here and saying that you know what, I kind of I kind of wish I put Wa- uh, Alave nine instead of Waddle. Um, I just tried not to have all these. I didn't want to have the entire top ten ranking be Wilson, Alave, Watson. Uh, I know you want Pickens in there, like all those. It's just it, it'd be too many of them to throw in. I still feel like Diggs and Lamb and AJ Brown and Waddle—they all deserve respect. But at the end of the day, I dra- push comes to shove. I was even doing a draft earlier, and I took Alave and Waddle was there. So honestly, Alave needs to be nine. Whether I don't want to like create a panic of of you know increasing his value or something, he's already going like in the second round. Sometimes it just depends on what draft you're in. I've seen him go at the top of three. I've seen him go at 15 overall. But I, I don't want to feed yeah. into that, but it's already there. It's already there. The one the one I don't agree with is St. Brown. He had 1,100 yards, only seven touchdowns. Waddle blew him out. AJ blew him out of the water. He was hurt. The reason, I mean, I was St. Brown, but his conditions hasn't changed. He's still got golf as a quarterback, and now he's going to have a more healthy Jameson Williams up there. And I just don't. I've never put him above Waddle. I went. I don't care if Waddle's the second receiver on Miami at all. He's just as good. Eleven touchdowns, almost fifteen hundred yards, or what was it? Thirteen or fourteen hundred? It was like close to fifteen. AJ Brown was the same thing. Eleven touchdowns, almost fifteen hundred yards. I don't see how you put. Well, I mean, I know it's all your choice and whatever, but I, I, well, I just couldn't. Well, Ron, Ron, uh, St. Brown was hurt. St. Brown was hurt, and they played banged up for a string of games. So I think it's a little bit. Everybody, though, you can say that about Higgins. Higgins had like 1,200 yards last year and several touchdowns. He had, he had like eight touchdowns, and he was hurt, and he missed games too. 
So, I mean, you could say hurt for all these different receivers. I mean, yeah, Chase was hurt also. Yeah, and that's why we're factoring it in. You know what I mean? Like, Chase, if we were to go off of last year's stats, Chase is the number one, but we're all anticipating him to stay healthy. I get I get it. Look, look, St. Brown's very questionable uh, to a lot of people. I'm sure A.J. Brown is either someone's number seven or number 14. Some people will hate A.J. Brown in the top ten. Waddle, to me, I, I just, I'd re- I'd rather have Olave in. I could put Waddle at, at nine and put Olave at eight. You know, that, that they're all very, very close. I mean, when I'm doing this, Ron, I'm sitting there going, hmm, hmm. I'm not like, oh, this is absolutely 100%. You know, it's definitely oh, I, I, waver. I, it's waver city. It's waver city from eight to 12. have your personal preferences. That's yeah. fine. I'm just debating my side of it with you. And I'm just telling you what, you know, how I feel about it. I'm not saying that you're wrong because it's your ranking. Someone said you're. Someone said you're calling in from the, your printer today. Um, My printer. It's it's kind of choppy. It sounds like you're calling in from. But 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 I, I get I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I, I my defense is for St. Brown is that he was injured and he played hampered for a string of games. So honestly, if if St. Brown didn't get hurt, and I, I know you could argue that with different players, but he would add 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. He was on fire. He eventually returned to form, but he played for a string of games banged up. So I, I think there's definitely an argument to make that you can't even use St. Brown's stats from last year because they aren't they aren't in Dick they aren't uh, uh, telling of what he's really capable of of doing. But at the same time, um, like I described in the video, I mean I'm sure you you saw it or if you haven't yet. I talk about how there's a risk involved with St. Brown, that Jamison Williams and St. Brown are going to eat into each other's workload. The thing about it for me, though, is that I don't think Jamison Williams is there yet. He's still got to develop as a rookie. He was a rookie last year, but he really wasn't. So he's going to come in and have to get used to things. He's still probably trying to get to 100% because his ACL tear was so late um, this is really is for sure his first year back from his ACL tear, similar to when Cam Akers tore his Achilles and he came back for like a couple games and people are like, okay, this is his second year coming back from Achilles the next year. No, it wasn't. That was his first, the full first year coming back from an Achilles. And that's why Akers didn't do well. Um, but wide receivers, um, coming off ACL tears, you know, it, it's, uh, Cooper Cup did very well, but Cooper Cup didn't have his amazing season that year. It was the next year. So I think Jamison Williams' ability to, I think, compete with St. Brown for the number one spot in Detroit will be like mid-season, like week 10, week 12. I think about where everybody expected uh, Jamison Williams to blow up last year is where he'll potentially do that next year because he's going to take time to get there. But but I was always very cautious on Jamison Williams because there was no he had no chance to come back and and be elite as his as a rookie coming off an ACL tear that was that late like at the combine he had just had the surgery right around the combine so he he was definitely like imagine having ACL surgery right now that's what Jamison Williams essentially uh, was looking at last year and so Ada calling I missed your I missed your call Ada but but I, I I mean I agree with you that that it's debatable like St Brown at eight it's debatable one hundred percent but Waddle I, I you know I, I I don't regret putting Waddle in my top ten in the video I just dropped like an hour ago I'm just saying I I'd rather have Olave and Waddle spot uh, you know at at the end of the day so this is my ranking as of this moment I, I'm changing it I'm changing it um 
But I I I love St. Brown. I I disagree that we can use last year's numbers. I think I think his numbers could be bigger, way bigger. He'll be I think he'll be healthy this year. He's a he's a oh. machine. The numbers are the numbers. You can't. I mean, the numbers are just. There are the numbers. Waddle earned his numbers. He earned his touchdowns, just like everybody else earned what they got. And whether I mean, players get injured all the time, and Waddle didn't get injured, and Brown did. That's too bad for Brown. But I mean, you kind of got to look at it. Like it doesn't matter if Waddle is the second red receiver just because Tariq got there. Before Tariq got there. Waddle was the number one receiver, and he showed it, and he kept his numbers up there even after Tariq showed up. So I give Waddle respect, and I, trust me, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a lot of Waddle because I don't trust, uh, I, I don't trust Tua, but um, that's where I would probably. Oh yeah, we we, we do have to circle back to to Swift. Somebody said we didn't talk about Swift during the panic chamber, and they're right. I totally blinked on it. We'll have to go back and do that in a second. <laughs> but, 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 Ron, I, I get what you're saying. I disagree, but that's okay. I, I think St. Brown, St. Brown, St. Brown's top. Yeah, St. Brown's top five capable, but I, I think he's safe at eight to twelve. I, I, I don't blame anybody having St. Brown twelve. I don't blame anybody having St. Brown seven or eight. Uh, I don't blame anybody having a lave six or having a lave twelve. I don't blame anybody having. It's very, very. You're very. You know, you're in a waiver territory. Anybody challenge anybody to rank their top fifteen wide receivers? I guarantee you, you get to like eight or nine. You start going to crap. I don't know what I want. <laughs> I don't know what I want. I scared to go in the first round and and, and best ball, but I have yet to see Amon go in the first round in best ball. Well, that's why I rank him eight. He's not going to be a first rounder if he's the eighth wide receiver, but. But I think, you know, I, I see him going the second round. Yeah, I see him going the second round a lot. And I, I think it's, you know, it's risky. The higher you draft him, the more risky it is. I'm not going to sit here and act like St. Brown doesn't have risk because of Jamison. Um, also, Goff, who we give Goff his flowers. But you can't you can't assume Goff is going to absolutely be fire every single year moving forward. We've seen it before. Matt Ryan was an absolute monster one year. And I remember when I thought Ryan was going to take a dive coming off of uh, one big year, everybody just ripped me to shreds. Matt Ryan, how could you have Matt Ryan ranked so low? And I think that was when I started my YouTube channel. And Matt Ryan just tanked. Like, this happens all the time where a guy's kind of overplaying, over-delivering. Goff's 100% over-delivering. I'm not saying Goff can't continue to over-deliver. I think the Lions would be the smartest team to go after Lamar. And they're another team after the 2023 NFL draft, once the draft capital is already spent and it's in the rearview mirror and, and, and then Lamar is still available, you offer your 2024 and 2025 first-rounders via the offer sheet process and you go get Lamar and you bring him in. I, just, I have concerns about Goff, which is why I might – you know, have a wavering, you know, thought process with St. Brown at 8, 9, 10, 11, anywhere in that territory because he's got to support two wide receivers. I don't know Goff is capable of doing that year over year. One year, like I said in my video, let's give him his flowers. He kind of earned one more shot. We'll take it year by year with Goff. Uh, but but I certainly am not excited about Goff like I am other quarterbacks, like even Derek Carr. I'm more excited about Derek Carr than Goff. And some people might say Goff's way more proven than Carr, blah, blah, blah. But that's just my gut. I think Carr's been hampered and put in a box in Las Vegas, and he's going to absolutely open up with a top 10 defense, supporting him, giving him good field position. 
I'm just not into golf. So that that's one thing that holds St. Brown and Jameson back in Dynasty for me. Like St. Brown doesn't increase in Dynasty. He drops because of golf. But if Lamar were traded there, and Lamar's not going to make... Lamar's, there's some concerns there too about can Lamar support Jamison and St. Brown? You know, we don't really know. So like there would be a conversation we'd have to have about that. Okay, we're excited about Lamar, just like we're always excited about a chief running back. And then when we really break it down, there's still a lot of red flags with chief running backs. There's still a lot of red flags with with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, getting handed Lamar Jackson. Just like we're excited about Henry and Eckler and Cook going to Buffalo. You know, it sounds so exciting, but we do, uh, if, if it ever happens, we do need to like sit and have an honest, unbiased conversation and say, okay, we think this is good, but Buffalo hasn't yet, and they haven't had a good running back for a while, so it's there's an argument to make that if they got a Henry, they would use him, but there's also an argument to make that we don't really know what they would do, and they're not necessarily the best place historically for a running back the last handful of years. A lot of things to consider. Oh, uh, Ada, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. All right, let me finish my chip. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm eating food. All right, sorry, sorry. That's right. Take, Ada, your, ti- take your time, Ada. We're, we're live. That's okay. He's eating his lunch. Enjoy your meal, Ada. Don't 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 let us bother no, no, you. I'm just, I'm just thinking now. I'm thinking now. Oh, okay. I mean, at the same time, like you have, you know, St. Brown and eight, like over uh, over AJ Brown, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, you believe in Hurts more than Goff, right? Yeah. You know, those, just those those kind of things. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. even Lamb, I, I feel like Lamb could get thrown in that mix of you know being shifted around. I hear you. I mean, look, like in, in a in a different example. That, that kind of supports why we wouldn't let the quarterback necessarily sway is like, you know, you look at, uh, you look at someone like um, Jefferson, he's got, no, Ron, put your earmuffs on similar, no. similar Kirk cousins who, who did what he did. He deserves his flowers like golf. You've got to heed the road to him for one more year. Like you have to let cousins, you know, throw again and say, Hey, like I trust him. But from like a long term perspective, I don't think anybody in here but Ron is going to be super amped about Kirk Cousins for the next four or five years. Like, it's one to two no, years. No, 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 I am. I uh, hope the, I hope the okay. Vikings keep him for 10. Okay, well, you, you and Ron are together on that. But, but like, me personally, I, I'm not – me personally, I'm not excited about Kirk Cousins for the long term at all. I like him for one to two more years. And, and so Jamar Chase has a much better quarterback situation – but there's still an argument to make that JJ's still the number one overall player because he's so good, he's so dynamic. So to your back, circling back to your point, when we talk about golf, not loving golf, St. Brown, and then you look at AJ Brown, loving Hurts, I don't think it always influences too much. It can when things are equal, but it doesn't necessarily make one wide receiver better than another just because his quarterback's better. It's more of one of those added bonuses that helps like make you make a decision if things are teeter tottering on even. But like I, I you know, I feel like I feel like, you know, even like Cooper Cup, who's got Stafford and there's a lot of question marks around that, you're still not ranking AJ Brown ahead of Cooper Cup, you know, because of the quarterback situations. But it's a good point. It's a good point of topic and and it does make it does make me waver in dynasty like i said earlier brown is not number eight in dynasty brown's more of the 10 to 12 10 to 13 range 
in Dynasty because guys like Christian Watson climb up. Um, Alave, A.J. Brown's still there. I mean, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's hard to keep out of the top 10 because, I mean, he he was just a top, like, six wide receiver. And A.J. Brown with his knee injury history, um, I could even see putting uh, Waddle at 10 and putting A.J. Brown at 11 because I worry about A.J. Brown's knee injuries and and St. Brown or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Devontae Smith. If if AJ Brown misses four or five games, let's say due to some knee issues, and the, and that meniscus stuff is no joke. You start cutting out of the meniscus. Uh, where's my knee model? You start cutting out of the meniscus, the padding there. It only puts your knee offline, off off uh, off kilter, and you end up having more and more meniscus problems. Whenever you have a meniscus tear, a significant meniscus tear, it's thought of as being worse than an actual clean ACL tear. Like, from a structural perspective, a clean ACL tear without any meniscus damage, you, you heal it, can be better long-term than having substantial meniscus tear. So, like, A.J. Brown's not at... He's at risk of knee injuries his entire career going forward. It, imagine if Devontae Smith started five or six games as the number one wide receiver. He could crack this top ten very easily. So... The, the, the 7 to, to 15 is so easy to, to argue. It's fun to argue it. I don't mind you guys coming in. And, and Ron, I don't care if you say Waddle should be there. It's, it's a healthy debate, and I love it. Um, but but I certainly could push back and say, I like it. I don't like it. I could argue for it. I could flip the script on myself and argue against my own stance. Um, the only thing is, I, I already Ron, I already changed my mind after my video posted. I'm already arguing with my own video one and a half hours after it dropped. Wanting Alave number hey, nine instead of Waddle. At least this time they come in and say, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. <laughs> um, Adit, why do you want Kirk Cousins for ten years? Oh, I'm a Bears fan. Oh, okay. So that was a knock. That was a knock. I thought you were coming oh, in with. Absolutely. I thought you were coming in with a positive take on Kirk Cousins, and I'm like, you and oh, Ron. Just, you not. and Ron just became best friends. Now you became enemies. I see. <laughs> we were enemies from the time that he he sniped me. I, I've been out for him. I've been looking for Ada. <laughs> I'm, I'm sniping campaign out for him. Uh, golf it's drop. not even Tyler Scott. It's not even just Tyler Scott. It was that Burrow uh, in round two, too. Hey, hey, go, uh, go, golf, uh, or golf, golf, golf dropped this, uh, this, uh, super chat. Thank you, golf, for the super chat. Do we like Hopkins as a top 10 wide receiver on a top five team? No. The weird, the weird thing about it is Hopkins is going so high. He's going in the third round in pretty much every best ball and mock draft I've seen. And it's too high for me. I like Hopkins, but he's like a fourth or fifth round, like you know, gem for one year. For one year, I don't, I don't know that he's got anything left but one year. But he's like a fourth or fifth round potential, you know, uh, steal. But he's not going there. He's going in the third round. Sometimes I've seen him go at the tail end of two, turning into round three. And I just not even knowing where he's going. It's such a risky proposition. Uh, if he went to Chicago. I, I like him there. You got D, you got DJ Moore there, so you know we don't really know how that that'll go, and if, if Fields can feed both of them. But I I like him as a potential like I don't know a, a ten to fifteen wide receiver, but one I draft outside the top ten. You know, like could, could he be a top ten guy? Maybe, but I draft him outside of top ten. Um, I 
DK flirts with top 10 this sure. year, if not us in the top 10. I think he's going to have a lot better year because him and Gino started building that chemistry really good towards the end of the year, and I think it's going to flow over to this. And I'm not a big Seattle fan, but I think DK's going to have a, a, a substantial better year than he had last year. Devontae Smith. Yeah, for that, Devontae right, Smith. For that matter, I'd rather have DK over DeHop. So right here, the guys that are that have missed the cut for on my these are my rankings. Um, and again, I changed them from an hour and a half ago when I had Waddle at nine. I put a lobby there. Um, now now Waddle's outside the top ten, but you could put Waddle at tied tied for ten easily. But the guys that missed the top ten now are Waddle, uh, Higgins, Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, or Devonta Smith. Uh, Christian Watson, Debo Samuel, Drake London, who easily could be a top 12 wide receiver. I think the value right now outside the top 12, the guy that screams, I am a top 10 wide receiver, what in the hell are you guys thinking, is is Drake London. Even with Ritter, I understand it. Look at Olave did last year. Um, we still would love Olave, even if, if Derek Carr wasn't in in uh, New, Orleans, New Orleans, we still love Alave. So Drake London's very similar. I think people are on a down, like depressive, like reactive state because Lamar didn't go to Atlanta, and we were all kind of thinking that was going to happen. So, so the one guy screaming, another two guys screaming, "I am a top ten wide receiver." What in the hell are you thinking? Are 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 Christian Watson and Drake London? Of course, both move men. Those are two guys that that are they're going to prove to us that we're ridiculous for not even having them in the top ten. That, that's how much I love those guys. Uh, DK certainly. I like yeah. DK certainly. Debo certainly in the conversation of the top twelve to fifteen. Devonta Smith is certainly in the conversation. I mean, Devon, what disrespect to not have Devonta Devonta Smith in here? You know, he's number six in a lot of formats. I mean, like it's so hard. It's hard. You're always going to be pissing somebody off. Uh, when you do these rankings, there's always going to be somebody in the comments going, oh, this is stupid. Where's Devonta Smith? Okay, let's say I was uh, listen to somebody and I'm not like that. I don't need jerk react to anybody. I do what I want when I want. It's my show. But let's say so, let's say I folded like a chair and I'm like, okay, you're right. I'll put Devonta Smith at 10. And then all of a sudden the next comment, you idiot, where's AJ Brown? Okay, I'll put AJ Brown there. Then the next person is like, you moron, where's Debo Samuel? He's top five. And that, you know, so like this is, it's it's common to see everybody all over the map, especially once you get outside like the top. As soon as we got to three, it was like, you know, and, and it's natural and it's fine. I don't care that anybody disagrees, but it was like right away in the live chat. It's like, I like Hill over Cup. I, and then the, the divide just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as you go down. Uh, yeah, you love the debate and you love you love the, the, the different takes, though. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do. Phone lines are open, by the way. If anybody wants to dial it on into the phone, uh, here let me let me put the phone number on screen. One second, guys. Here's the. Oh, no- I was gonna say to the. Uh, call into the show. Sorry, the other call, topic call, call was the, the uh, like Foreman and Herbert. I'm sorry. What at it? Oh no, just the other topic too. You know, we need to talk about something. The Foreman and Herbert, like Khalil Herbert. Uh yeah 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 good one um. Let's put real quickly, if you don't mind hanging tight, guys, and just muting, and let's go. Let's go back to the panic chamber. Uh, we got we got to do Swift and Khalil Herbert. 
Let's do Swift and Khalil Herbert. So let's open up the Panic Chamber one more time. You are entering the Panic Chamber, brought to you by Grindhouse. Vintage movie tees and hoodies. It is time to reassess a couple players that I forgot to. We'll put them on screen here. Number one is DeAndre Swift. I forgot to panic chamber Swift. I'm sorry. He's even in the graphic. I'm ashamed of myself. Here we go. Swift is on the board here. And number two was Khalil Herbert. So Khalil Herbert as well. Let's put Swift in the panic chamber and let's close the door. Okay, good show. See you all later. Okay, no, let's talk about it real quickly. Okay, so Khalil Herbert. Oh, I'm sorry, Swift. Swift is a panic chamber uh, lock for the for the entire 2023 season. 1,000% living in the panic chamber the entire year because he's an injury-prone player where his team has already decided we're going to limit him more than ever walking into 2023. Now, being in the panic chamber doesn't mean you don't have value. It just means you have to tread lightly. You have to be careful. You have to look at this player from a different lens. And, and, and make sure you're not overspending and you understand that there's risk. I love DeAndre Swift if he falls into my running back. I'd even say like late flex to fourth running back spot. I don't know that I'm going to get him there. We've seen him go as high as round six lately. But I think the addition of Monty is going to take some time to hit ADP data. Uh, I should have a good update in the next couple of days for you on, on underdog. And I'll be able to tell you, and we're going to do an ADP show, weekly ADP show, where I break down the ADP. We look at the guys that look good. We look at the guys that look bad. We look at the movers. And so I'm going to do that every single week. We're going to try and do an ADP show. Swift is certainly on the decline, and where he levels out will determine his, his cost of entry, which will determine whether he's a steal or not. But I would definitely say he could win you a league if he falls to the right spot. But he could also lose you a league if you're drafting him in like round four or five. Like if you're drafting him in round four or five, you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. 100% panic chamber material, closing the door but with intrigue as to where his ADP will level. And I certainly want him on a few of my teams as my running back three, four, five. You know, like obviously you're not going to probably get him as your running back five. But we don't know where his ADP could tank to with the Monty signing. So in the panic chamber, most certainly. And then finally, Khalil Herbert. It's weird that I'm getting a lot of requests for Khalil Herbert to be in the panic chamber to discuss whether he's panic chamber material. When I kind of looked at the, the Deonta Foreman news as good news. Like when they signed Deonta Foreman, I celebrated. And, and instead, I, I, I even saw videos. I even saw a bunch of like reports and written stuff, tweets and comments everywhere where people are like, oh, well, there goes Khalil Herbert's lone starting job. You know, chance is big chance. How? How is for? I like Foreman. I'm not saying Foreman's not a good running back, but how is Foreman? You have to have backup running backs. Like it's so funny to me when a team signs an RB or doesn't trade one away. Like in the case of Zeke Elliott, and and, and Ron talked about this earlier. Malik Davis has certainly proved he could be the backup, but getting rid of Zeke Elliott almost 100% means that they're going to go get another RB. So who do they go get? Is it going to be a late rookie to pair with Malik Davis? And they go ahead and roll with Malik and this rookie is the backup and they'll have a little competition and whatever. Or do they go get a Bigsby? Does a Sean Tucker fall? Does one of our, does Kendra Miller fall? Does one of our exciting rookie uh, sleeper running backs fall to the Dallas Cowboys? Does, does 
does Jimmy does uh do they potentially go get does Jerry Jones go get I call him Jimmy does Jerry Jones go get a a, a Bijan does he get a Charbonnet we don't know what Jerry Jones is capable of doing he loves weapons and he likes wide receivers but he also loves weapons you know he, Jameer Gibbs might excite him and, and you never know you never know what Jerry's gonna do so. I, I think Zeke staying in Dallas to kind of prove a point over on this side and swing back to Khalil Herbert. Zeke staying in Dallas would have been good. I would have loved the shell of a running back named Zeke Elliott to stay versus them bringing in a fresh and hungry Sean Tucker, you know, or, or uh, Kareem Hunt. What if they bring in Kareem Hunt? Because Kareem Hunt's getting no offers right now. What if they sign Kareem Hunt to a very low contract and he comes in now to be the between the tackles workhorse? I still will love Pollard. But that's certainly worse than having Zeke stay, and I think some people just lose sight of that 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 simple that simple way of looking at things. So when 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 Foreman signed and people got upset about Foreman signing with with the with the Bears to potentially take away from Herbert, this is the best thing that could have happened to Khalil Herbert. They were bringing in somebody. Imagine them bringing in Kareem Hunt and Foreman also maybe eliminates, not for sure, but kind of trends in the direction of this team's probably not trading for a big-name RB like Cook or Eckler or Henry because they just signed Foreman to a, a big enough contract to where it makes it, okay, that's a waste if you're going to then trade for Derrick Henry. So Foreman was the best thing that could have happened to Khalil Herbert. And, and for that reason, Khalil Herbert's not in the panic chamber, and the Foreman situation is absolutely fantastic. That is the panic chamber. Now back to the phone calls. Ada, did that answer your question on Khalil Herbert? Yeah, it did. I mean, it's just like you said, it was interesting because there were so many videos or so many people talking about that. That I mean, even I was kind of surprised. Like, as a, as a fan, I like the signing just because it was, you know, it secures our running back room and, you know, give Herbert a break and we have a solid backup. It was just interesting to, like, get... Like, you know, see the fan base kind of like split on that aspect of it fantasy wise. So that's why I was like, yeah, I was kind of trying to ask because I, I hadn't seen that with other, you know, signings like that. Yeah, I, I'm, to I'm totally on board, totally on board with the Foreman signing. I just think it gives Khalil Herbert the best shot at not seeing a big name player come in. Um, Same thing with Tony Pollard. Look, Tony Pollard, I'm going to have two videos coming out, two or three more videos coming out. Uh, One came out on Bijan. I'm going to do a bold prediction series. Certainly going to include a majority of Moon or Mars men, but just like re restating some things and re-predicting some things. But I'm going to try and make one or two of them not Moon or Mars men. And then these videos might put them on the Mars men or Moon men. It might be like a way of introducing a new Mars men. But I'm going to have a four or five bold prediction series. Number one was B. John Robinson would be the number one running back in fantasy football at the end of 2023. Not the number one rookie. Not the number one dynasty guy. He's clearly both of those Regardless, I'm saying he's the number one running back finisher in 2023. Go watch that video. It's a bold prediction. It's supposed to be a little bit bold, um, but it doesn't mean I don't think it's going to come true. It just means that I'm putting my name to it, and I'm saying I feel this way, and it's so shocking to a lot of people, I think. And not everybody. Uh, people on this channel love it, but but for the most part, people are like, that's too crazy. He's a rookie. He's never touched, a, touched the ball in the NFL. He's never taken an NFL snap. You don't even know where he's going to go. Um I don't care. I, I don't care. Like, what do you want me to do? Wait until things happen to announce them? We're not we're not a Captain Obvious, you know, 
show here. We're uh, we're trying to be ahead of the curve, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes I miss, but I think that is that is bold prediction number one. Bold prediction number two is going to probably contain Garrett Wilson or potentially you know a player. Um, what were we just talking about? God, I, I get sidetracked so easy nowadays. What were we just talking about, Ada? Oh, like uh, just Herbert and the, like different signings for the running backs, the backups. Yeah, but there's something else I was gonna say. Uh, was it a rookie? Oh, Dijon, like the uh, Moon and Marsman. What, Ron? About Herbert or Pollard? Pollard. There you go. Thank you, Ron. Uh, you're gonna see Pollard in one of these bold predictions. And I think Pollard has the capability of of whatever expectation you have of Pollard, he can match it. He can double it. He, he, he's, he's also risky, though. Like, he's going to be my riskiest bull prediction of these top five videos. But but certainly Pollard is going to be in there. Garrett Wilson will probably be in there, and I'm going to leave I'm gonna leave it a mystery. But there are going to be th- three or four more bull prediction videos dropping that are going to just amplify what we've already been talking about, but in a very bold prediction style. But but Pollard I love but Pollard Pollard you know he's he's risky because he's still got to escape the NFL draft he's he's still got to escape uh, a Cream Hunt who is the the best available running back on in the, in the free agent market in the free agent player pool Cream Hunt's gonna he's gonna piss all over someone's parade you know there's gonna be a running back that gets impacted by Cream Hunt and we're gonna go son of a you know, I I, I, fear, I fear that. I fear that. Like, what what if Cream Hunt lands in New England? You know, like somewhere like that. You're like son of a bee, man. What if what if he goes to? Uh, I think Cream Hunt would have been great in Philly. I think you'd have been great in Philly. I think Cream Hunt would have been good in Carolina. I think Miles Sanders could be pretty good there. I, I've always been kind of like a. I don't know if I love Miles Sanders, but now that he's out of Philly, and and, and that goes to show is maybe Philly like. KC, we think it's such a great place for an RB. Like we want Bijan to go to Philly, and I think they would if they drafted Bijan ten, they would use him. I really believe that. But at the same time, like Philly didn't use Miles Sanders properly, so there's some concern with Philly and how they utilize the RB. Uh, same thing with Buffalo. You know, they seem so great at, on the surface, but we really don't know if they're the best location. KC always feels like the best location. Remember ever, how excited we all were about Clyde going to KC? KC just rotates running backs now i think if they got the right rb they wouldn't but i think that that's not what andy reed wants to do right now it's all about mahomes it's all about next man up even with the wide receivers we all thought it wasn't going to work we all like every single one of us thought this is not a better team without tyreek hill there's there's no way you can with a straight face say that you thought that was that was going to make them better and I'm not saying it made them better necessarily, but it didn't hurt them at all. And it probably made Mahomes better. It probably made Mahomes a little bit better so that if Mahomes does reunite with an elite wide receiver and get paired up with one, that he's going to be that much better for it. It's always like my break an arm example. You're right-handed. You break your right arm. You learn how to do a lot of things with your left arm. Once your right arm, get you get the cast off, you're just a more coordinated person in general because of that experience. I feel like losing Tyreek Hill allowed... Allowed Mahomes to read defenses properly. Does anybody in here know that Mahomes' first year didn't know how to read a single defense? It's an unbelievable story when you hear about it. he he didn't know how to read defenses his first year. It was a, he did he did all that without reading. He didn't know how to read defenses. It's crazy. Mahomes is still getting better. Um, but but 
there are certain locations that are just we don't know what they're going to do for player value. Pollock's the one that scares me because after you bring bringing up Jerry Jones, it it's something that Jerry Jones would do, and I yeah. Dallas getting Bijan that would be Zeke's replacement and putting Pollard right back to where he, his role that he had with Zeke, um, and Pollard falls off because they go crazy over Bijan. The good news is that they have to trade up, which they could do. Jerry Jones is crazy. They have to trade up in order to get to get Bijan. There's no way the Cowboys are landing Bijan at what twenty six overall. It just can't happen. Yeah. He he he's the type of person that would do that. Yeah, trading up I could see, but yeah, yeah, I don't. I I think we're safe until that trade happens. But I'm really hopeful, and, and I'm I'm rooting for this for the RBs. RBs are so screwed. They get screwed on contracts. They don't get the the amount of money they deserve. They don't get their second contracts like they should. Uh, running backs should get paid a little more. There should be some sort of compensation involved. I I really believe that because it's not like. You, if all things were fair and be like, hey, this is the the way that it works, and you know you got you know some running backs get paid more, and some don't, all of them get screwed. And I'm really hoping that I know that Bijan won't change the landscape for RBs because they'll just revert back to RBs going late in round one, or if there's one RB, they go like at 27, and then the rest of them go at the top of two or inside inside two and three. I know Bijan's not going to change that by going in the top ten. But at least he could potentially open the minds of a, of a, of the next coach that's sitting there looking at the next elite running back, and at least we see every couple of years an RB going the top fifteen. I just think I think that this whole mentality of the next man up have uh, a plug and play running backs. I don't I don't agree with it. I don't agree. I think you're, there's always going to be room. Everything's a cycle. I don't think that running backs are going to be eliminated to the point where it's like you always just have this rotation. Everybody shares carries. Look at all the workhorse running backs in the NFL. Everybody says there's not very many at all. There are. There's still a ton of workhorse running backs in the NFL. Everything's a cycle. Um, Bijan's a workhorse running back. Uh, Walker is a workhorse running back. Brees Hall is a workhorse running back. All the young elite running backs. Even ETN is, to a degree, I call a hybrid workhorse because... If they throw to him enough, even if he does relinquish some work to the next RB, they used him extensively at the end of the year. So, like, he was a workhorse. But I hope they use him as a hybrid workhorse. Alvin Kamara is 100,000% or has been during the good part of his career. He's kind of at that that tipping point. But Alvin Kamara was a workhorse. I got so I get so tired of people saying Alvin Kamara has never been a workhorse. He's a hybrid workhorse. He gets workhorse volume. Uh, Steven, try calling again. I, I missed it. Steven was dra- dialing in. Sorry, Ron. Go ahead. Nick Chubb was a workhorse. Yeah, I mean, Henry's a workhorse, but Kamara is just as much of a workhorse to me than, than Henry. It's just he he gets it in a different way. He gets he gets a, a combination of rushing and receiving. So it's just all how you Naj- want to def- define workhorse. Najee's Naj- sh- a workhorse. He should be. Steven, you're live. Hey, what's going on, Smitty? What's up, Steven? Uh, just a little bit, you know, I don't, nobody's really been talking about it. Let's go down this road for a minute. I really don't want to, but, uh, you know, it's fantasy. So what, what do you expect from Deshaun Watson next year for the Browns? 
I mean, is he going to have a worse year than he had the last part, you know, when he came back? No. Uh, you know, uh, Amari Cooper, some of these other receivers in that offense, if he even reverts, uh, you know, uh, back to the mean a little bit, uh, there's a lot of yardage and touchdowns to be had there. I, I don't, I, you know, I guess I'm on a, a holding pattern, bro, where I, I don't I don't believe in Watson to be the same player. There's something to when you step away from the game for a long time, you never really regain your momentum. Think of it like, uh, like even in high school, if you're really good at something and you took a couple years off and you had a huge advantage over everybody else and you came back in and tried to play that sport again, you're everybody caught up to you. Like and I'm not I'm not saying that Watson can't 100% can't regain his former self, but it's highly unlikely. I, I I we saw him we saw him not do it this first year back, and you can blame that on Russ. But if he's rusty for a whole year, who's to say he's ever going to just get it back? His confidence is kind of shot. Um, not saying he can't gain some of that back. The Browns are the Browns, in my opinion. I don't think they. I mean, they they've ruined their franchise even acquiring him, and they don't have the ability to really build. And as they start to slowly bleed out players that they can't replace because of all their draft capital and all the money that's tied up. Not that the salary cap increasing won't help them bring in some players, but you got to also think about when players leave and a player a, a franchise starts getting disappointing. Um, it's not a really attractive place for players to go, so they won't lure in a lot of people. Look at look at the Bengals. Look at the Bengals. Three years ago, when when you know we started talking up the Bengals, people laughed at us, bro. No one wanted to go play there. You got now you got Orlando Brown signing to go protect Joe Burrow. Everyone wants to go play for the Bengals now. I think the Browns are going to be in a whirlwind of unraveling. Well, uh, that's entirely possible. Uh, hold on one second, Stephen. What, Ron? Now that the Bengals uh, hired, um, signed Orlando, um, Jonah, Jonah Williams is asking to be traded. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. Um, Steven, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. Ada, what do you think of uh, Deshaun Watson? That's, that's tough. I mean... For me personally, it depends what he does this offseason. And if he's like grinding it out and he's like actually like putting in the work, that's different. That, that's that's going to be a thing where he actually like, like a team improving. I mean, also, to be fair, he set the bar so low. <laughs> Just yeah. like from where he was. So I think if he actually puts in the work and, you know, tries to build with whatever he has, like, you know, build a relationship, I think he's going to improve regardless. I that it was more just the mental stuff. I don't think it was any like physical or any like anything like that. I think it was just more the mental aspect and the whole like trying to get over the whole like. Well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at uh, is that you know he's a year removed from all this stupid stuff. Look, I I don't I don't particularly care for the guy personally. I don't care, but it's a fantasy show and uh, we're talking about yards and touchdowns and trying to find those players uh, that you can get late that may contribute maybe later in the season. I don't know where the guy goes. You could get him uh, probably, what, round nine, so, ten, somewhere around there. Nobody wants him, and, you know, uh, maybe he works out. I've seen him go through in round seven through, through nine, 
personally, that's a little high because you got guys like Danny Dimes that were still going like round 10, 11. You got Carr that, I mean, that was going in like round 11. Um, guys that I feel like were of equal value going like three rounds later. And, you know, at, at that, in a normal draft with non-smack, like if we're not drafting with each other, you can get like a Zay Flowers, Charbonnet, all those kind of things in that same round where you're drafting Watson. I, that's why I never yeah. thought he was a value. Well, he was on pace for 3,100 yards, which is garbage. Um, yes. He he threw seven touchdowns in in uh, six games, so times 17 is is 19 touchdowns. Um, he had five yeah. int he had five ints uh, in six games. Times 17 is uh, pace for 14 ints. So 19 touchdowns, 14 ints. Um, granted, he had 175 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and that would all be good production to add to all this. But I mean that that was a very very bad, you know, six games uh, return to the football. Well, he's in a terrible situation, and he came back. What he played, like you said, he played six games by the time he was eligible. Like I say, I don't like the guy. Uh, I don't want to draft him. Uh, but I'm just saying, um, if for, you know, he could, uh, he's got weapons, he's got the team around him. And if he even gets, I, I don't know how he wouldn't get better than that. Um, and if he does hit, uh, then you've got something there that you can get in the later yeah, round. I, I can't, Sam, Mari Cooper, uh, you know, whatever. I can't disagree with that there's value if he falls far enough. I, I, and, and, and just to his defense, his last two games were pretty good. Um, the yardage was okay. He had 169, but he had three passing touchdowns against the Washington Commanders, and then at Pittsburgh, and that Pittsburgh two touchdowns, 230 yards at Pittsburgh, and he had 44 on the ground. So he had two. He had a really good week 17 and week 18. So there's momentum there, but for the long term, this team's going to slowly start falling apart. And I just don't know how they're going to look two or three years from now. Chubb's going to be either traded or fallen off the map in about a year, if not this year. Um, yeah, could if, have... if, yes, it'll be this year. The rest of it is, uh, you know, it will be downhill. It has to be this year. If it doesn't work, then uh, you can pretty much write it off. Yeah. Just look at the Browns' history. And and everybody's hoping that Deshaun, you know, gets back to form and all that. But the Browns' history is not very good for quarterbacks. And not very good overall. I mean, they've been through so many quarterbacks. Um, the, I mean, before before all this, before Baker, <clears throat> who'd they have? Who was their last good quarterback that they had? Barney Kozar. No, well, there was another one that actually got them to the. Gee, uh, Steven, lower your volume. The playoffs uh in the 90s i believe um i forget his name i think his last name started with a c oh man um kush uh i can't remember his name had to be another miami quarterback i think they had two or three Um, of them no i can't remember his name right now but he was the last decent one they had up until baker you talking, about, you're talking about Tim, you're talking about Tim Couch? Couch, yeah, yeah. Couch. Couch was a oh, great Oh, Jimmy great Couch. Okay. God bless him. He got him to the playoffs, and, um, you know, he had some – he was decent. But but ever since then, I mean, they just – they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Every time you think the Browns have a chance to get better, and, of course, <laughs> they're our of the Steelers, but every time you think they have a chance – 
um, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. They go through coaches like crazy. And Where you been, Adam? The, the upper management ownership ownership's terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, look, I love it. I'm a Ravens fan, so uh, any uh, Browns, uh, it's, it's fine. Uh, you know, make it Bra- uh, hey, hey, bridge hey, or whatever. Hey, I, I love it. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Stephen, ever since we had this guy flounder on, you, you're like a you're like a breath of fresh air. You're like an angel. Like the the voice of an angel <laughs> compared to this flounder guy. Like I can't even get mad at Steve. I don't right know. Now. I don't know that I've ever been called that in my life. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I I don't I don't think a bad thing to say about you. All of a sudden, I mean, this is a this congratulations, is a, Stephen. You graduated. This is I, an angel. Yeah, right I, I made it to angel <laughs> territory. I tell you what, that's got to be pretty high up there. It is, bro. Uh, yeah. You and Ron Navy are like just, you know, uh, just. Walking well, what else, what else can I, do I have to do so I can start getting paid? Uh, that I don't know that there's that that territory, bro. But oh, okay, I'm not there yet. It's, I got to get above angel status to get paid. That's cool. This is oh, a, a solo show, Stephen. You, <laughs> you can be my you can be my Beetlejuice or my uh, my uh, Baba Booey, but we're volunteers. In, interns, interns. Uh. So hey guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably wind it down here. Stephen, final ten seconds. What what do you want to say before I I knock you off the the phone line here? You I think you, uh, Angel, James you? Williams is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Um, I think uh, Justin Jefferson uh, with uh, the departure of Adam, Adam Adam Thielen, if they replace him with a rookie or whatever, uh, he'll get a lot of uh, a lot more work, and I think it'll pay off. It could uh, make him as uh, number one receiver. Uh, that's about all I got for now. And right. Lamar is going to go to San Francisco. I'll leave it at that. He could. It just got to happen after the draft. But but he definitely could. I, I, look, I think if Purdy has a setback, um, if Trey gets injured, again, there's a lot of time. The, the, the Niners need to go all in on Lamar. If Lamar is still sitting there after the NFL draft, at which point they can participate in the offer sheet situation, they can't right now. They're unable to even discuss anything with Lamar. Because you need that first. That, that offense, that offense is tailor made for Lamar Jackson. It's they, perfect. Yeah, they and just. If they don't do it, I'll be upset. Yeah, they need to do it. They need to do it, but I don't know that they will. I think I think it has to be a John Lynch forced move because Shanahan's ego is too big. It's too big. But but John Lynch made that that CMC trade. That was all John Lynch. He has a Stanford connection. It was it was clear as day. And my my people very close to the situation. Even even Raj, even my Niner boys, they said that was John Lynch. That was all John Lynch. That move. It was not Shanahan. Uh, John Lynch needs to step up and get the Lamar Jackson deal done and say, look, Shanahan, I'm going to give you the players. You just coach them, okay? Because you're no longer making decisions. It's my turn, baby. Because he that that CMC move was all John, and it was an amazing move. And I actually have a lot of respect for John Lynch now. But but again, this has right. to happen after the NFL draft. They cannot even talk yeah, to him. Absolutely. So, but, but given that Lamar's got very limited suitors right now, it's very possible he's still sitting there. Um, it's also possible he goes back, ends up getting traded away later or, or something. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. But all right, appreciate you, uh, Stephen. We'll talk to you later, pal. All right, all right. Take it easy, fella. Ada, ten seconds. Go. Hopefully the Vikings do keep Kirk Cousins for another 10 years. That'd be great. Um, I think Herbert's to the moon. And I guess we'll see about all the other running backs. And everyone can argue about wide receiver. Yeah. All right, Adam. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Ron Navy, final thoughts. Yeah, well, 
I don't know why everybody hates Kirk Cousins so bad. He's one of the most consistent quarterbacks out there. So hate him on all you want. He's just going to get keep getting it done, and he's going to even go further this year. But uh, um, that's about it. Are we drafted tonight or no? Uh, what is today? Friday. Uh, I I believe so. I believe so. I'll take that as a maybe. Yeah, just be subscribed. Everybody should be subscribed to my my Instagram. I'm going to drop the link right here, my Instagram channel. Um, this channel I announce whenever I'm going live. So if you are missing notifications by YouTube sometimes, make sure you grab this. Uh, go on Instagram. This is free. And this channel will uh, will give you what you need. You'll You'll be subscribed. You'll get notifications every time I go live. Let me drop this link in the live chat. So make sure you're subscribed to this right now. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is my Instagram live show channel alerts. Okay, here it is. Dropping it, and I'm going to pin it real quick for all of you. Here it is. He's a good thing. He's, I mean, he's getting the hang of how everything's working up. He's not over-talking. He's making his points, and he's like... He's gotten better in the last couple times. Yeah, I feel like he was he was potentially maybe sipping on some of Grandpa's cough medicine that first night. I don't know. It's not he feel he sounds different when he calls in now. Uh, I just uh, pinned yeah. that channel. That channel is pinned. It's a a link on Instagram. It, it's free. It's just like a, a DM conversation, but it's a one way conversation. You can't you can only uh, react and do like you know emojis and such and such. But it'll it'll let you know when I'm going live. I, I, every time I go live, I. I put a message in there so you'll get an alert. Um, so that way you'll know if we're drafting tonight. All right, I'll see you guys. We probably should be drafting tonight. I'll see you all later. Ron, appreciate you. Yep, later. All right, Bye. later. Uh, guys, don't forget my, my video that's up, um, my wide receiver rankings video. I just dropped it a little bit ago, um, about an hour and 50 minutes ago. It had these wide receivers right here minus the change that I made live on the show today after I'd already dropped this. And that change was I put Alave in at 9 over Waddle. I just want Alave in my top 10. I want Alave in my top 10. Waddle could go 10. Uh, A.J. Brown could go 10. It's a co combination of different things that, that factor into this. But but at the at the end of the day, I want Alave at 9. If I was to redo the video right now, I could see myself putting Alave at 8. I honestly could. You know, I, I feel I feel like Alave is just going to explode. He's going to explode, and I, I want him to be held back as much as I can in in terms of ADP. But it's already it's already happening. Kick it. You wake up late for school and you don't want to go. Says Hazel. Appreciate you, Hazel, being in here. Um, Hazelnut says, "What did Hazelnut say? Did he say something like I don't have social media?'" Well, then subscribe here and you should get the notifications. But sometimes they throttle them. If I go live too much, they only give you like one every couple hours because they don't want to. They don't want you to be overwhelmed. Um, appreciate you all. Terry says he needs to rewatch. Terry, appreciate you being here. I will see you all later. My top ten wide receivers again. This just changed from the the live video, the the premiere. Alave's nine. Everything else is the same, but put Alave at nine. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Prayers up to Kilpatrick. Drop a couple prayer emojis for Kilpatrick if you can. 
Got his message still up. We'll leave that up there. Good wishes over to Miss Kilpatrick. Keep us updated, Kilpatrick. My office is already a mess, Ron. Appreciate you, Ron Navy, dropping the $20 holler. Ron Navy says, got to do it. He wants to make my office my office a disaster. Uh, let me see if I can show the office right here. And off he goes. Look at all this. This made it a whole big mess. Tripod, also likened to pyramids in ancient Egypt, are constructed using burrow or hertz, chase or a JB hull or walker. The stack above all stacks. It's time to drop the pancake emojis in the live chat. Kenneth Skywalker. Lightsaber swinging Skywalker.